Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of The X Button. I am one of your hosts, Alejandro, and with me is the Florida man from Louisiana, Paul. What's up, everyone? How you doing, Paul? Well, I'm back <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, I had a vacation out to Destin, Florida. Very much needed it. Now I'm back, ready to get it going. Alejandro, what are we? Uh, what What have you been up to lately? Uh, well, other than keeping the show afloat while you were on vacation, uh, I just want to give a thanks to um, JOK, our good uh, our, our good friend PJ, for stepping in last week uh, for that little thing that uh, I had forgotten that you were going on vacation when you mentioned. It. I was like, oh no! <laughs> and then and then I asked him, and then he jumped in very quickly and very serendipitously because there was nothing to talk about last week because the week after E3 is a complete trash fire for news because nothing really happens. Mm -hmm. So it worked out well to just really talk about like what his thoughts were on the Nintendo Direct with someone that really, really understands it. That yeah. it was a really fun chat. And yeah, he, did, did you watch he it? loves it. I, I did. Um, I only caught... Actually, no, I did watch the whole thing. I tuned out a little bit during the middle point, but I was... I was really excited about everything that I got to see from Metroid Dread, the brief look at Breath of the Wild 2. Mm -hmm. um, I am suddenly blanking out on everything else. I know we I got mean, those uh, are the, the big things. Kazuya <laughs> in uh, Smash from Tekken. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I don't know if we have that in our um, notes, but the the little me situation with uh, Smash Bros. I actually and... for I actually forgot to put it in because of the nature of the news. That I kind of yeah. want to keep about a week and kind of mention um, it now that uh, we your, can boy Don, very <laughs> your boy Dante got done dirty. <laughs> uh, That's like one of the only things I thought could might possibly happen. I feel like it's almost worse if it ends up being a me costume because that means they acknowledged the popularity and didn't want to put the work into it. Oh, yes. Same as the Skyrim um, yeah. thing. Do you see that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was a Skyrim Shante, um, the uh, what was the dude with the red jacket that wasn't Dante? I'm blanking out, um, but I <laughs> I can't remember what he was from. But I knew he was from another IP that some people were excited for. But anyway, yeah, I'm very not yeah. happy about it. And here's what makes it funny: like they announced that that the next DLC character is the final one. Like that's it. So that now the the pickings are very big and very slim. It could be anything. And I can assure you the last character that they pick is going to make everyone happy. No, they won't. So, uh, Paul, even though you took a little break, what have you been playing? I, I actually had more variation this week than I have in the past. Um, I played about five minutes of Smash Bros and realized exactly why I stopped playing it. Um, mm -hmm. Because after a certain point, you no longer have fun with certain games. And mm -hmm. that is one of them for me. Unless I'm playing with friends, um, I cannot push myself any harder in that game to get any better at it. So that's <clears throat> wasn't going to happen. But more importantly, in also related fighting uh, game developments i started playing guilty gear strive and um, how is that series i never played any of them i would look at the cover on at games at gamestop and think oh that seems kind of interesting but weirdly convoluted and uh it has been fantastic i um 
I am a complete newcomer to that. I'm not good at fighting games at all. And the updates that they have made to the netcode, which to briefly oversimplify, uh, they did something called rollback netcode, which allows you in the simplest terms to play with people from other servers uh, across the world mm -hmm. with like zero lag. It doesn't have that whole like pausing every few seconds to recatch you up with everything. It doesn't have the crazy lag. It kind of predicts their actions and it allows you to have a smoother experience. So therefore you can have your best buddy from Japan and I can play him in this with almost no lagging. Um, it's a crazy system. I can't even really explain it the way that it can be. There's a lot of people that have done it a lot better than me, but um, it's been really fun to play. A lot of people are playing it. A lot of people are just jumping back and forth and because it feels great, it looks great, and the system allows you to rematch extremely quickly. You're having almost no downtime. Uh, it's higher damage, so you don't have to focus on big combos. You're just you get a couple of bursts of damage, couple of bursts of damage, rounds over, next one, let's go. Um, and everyone is so well developed. I mean, we talked about character design and I would say Guilty Gear is one of the most consistently awesome character design systems um, in like anything that I've seen. Just if you look at the character art, um, I mean, you got to see the one video of the character I was playing. Mm -hmm. Just like the idea of a black samurai vampire with an Iron Man mask with devil horns on, wearing like caution tape on his body and a giant samurai sword. It's just like, who thinks of these things? Um, so anyway, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And not only that, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, that game's a looker. Like, there's something about the way that game's composed in its animation and its 2d to 3d aesthetic and how everything like over composes from each other and the coloring and i don't even know what else to like even say like it's just to, insane look it's just insane looking yeah. to uh but, to briefly jump into my animation mode um it is 3d models with hand-drawn 2d graphics over it Mm -hmm. um to replicate the idea of okay this is in 3d space but it is also very much looking like a 2d character um just like dragon ball fighters but even more fidelity even better at smearing frames even better at using like motion blur just enough to get that idea of kinetic flow um, and just like the the impact of every hit you do, it's it's fantastic, and I can't sing its praises enough so far. Yeah. But yeah, that and uh, a little bit of Destiny Two, obviously, just in downtime and a small amount of Rocket League. So Alejandro, what have you been playing? I actually kept up with our book club, that one that hey. we started like three weeks ago, and I actually yeah. did finish Horizon Zero Dawn again, and I can't believe I had forgotten how much I love, love the story of that game, especially in the midway point onward. Um, that game resonates even more now because of our situation mm -hmm. that happened. It, there's like, because like in the very gist, it's like it's an apocalypse that brought everything to an end. That's, that, that's like the big thing that you really learn about that story, but about how it was about the world recovering from it and not making the mistakes of the past 
or figuring that out that way and you're figuring out that mystery near the end like what is the zero dawn like where did these machines come from the mystery of your character all of that is a very very touching game that also surprisingly ends so completely that it makes me it's kind of like the kind of ending that you're like are you going to make a sequel to this like even with it like the tiny kernels that they left wide open are not that big enough for you to like even consider at the time they were going to make a sequel, which I think was a kind of a safe bet. As your first new franchise, you didn't know if it was going to hit or not. That I'm just glad that as a first story, especially a, a game that pulls you along with the mystery. I don't know if you like notice when you play it. It's like there's so it has the lost style of storytelling that giving you light and tiny little kernels. Mm-hmm asking more questions and more questions and more questions, answering some, and then that one opens a new can of worms about certain things, about your character, all of that, that I'm pretty surprised that they were able to tie a lot of it in the first game, which makes me curious now for the second game, like what the story actually is going to be about. It's so funny that they mentioned a few times the words Forbidden West. Really? Like like, like later in, in the game, that it's just so funny that we knew the sequel's name for so long, but Mm-hmm. Like, like who knows know. and the more I played about it like I, I remember a conversation with the first time in book club and I have to push back about the whole caveman thing that's not caveman that's native like that that's like Indian sci-fi style mm-hmm. like uh like because the more that I see it it's like it's a more developed civilization it's not caveman with just sticks and like the barely any clothes and all of that it's like that it feels that like that game like at the very beginning the houses make it seem like you're in like that ice age caveman style. Like I know yeah. that you, you mentioned the word uh, Eskimo is like a racist term now, but that's kind of oh, like yeah. what, I, what, what I would think. I would think of like the caveman from ice age, from the ice age movies. That's kind of like the idea from the very yeah. beginning, but it feels like it touches on everything from like primitive area to native areas, like all of that. Yeah. And it's so funny to see why that is as revealed in the story. Why, like, so even though, like, everything's so high tech, why society uh, brought, like, the devolved to that? And I don't know if you're even going to be playing it, but I kind of don't want to spoil why society went back to that. It's kind of, I really kinda... do want to go back and finish it. Um, I, I actually had trouble even picking back up Destiny 2 when I got back because I, like, broke my habit. Um, mm-hmm. But it's... Um, one of those that actually right before I left, I picked up several games on like a deep sale and I haven't touched them yet, but I really want to, cause they're all like indie games. But um, anyway, I, I do want to finish it even just like figure out the story before forbidden West happens. I know I have a little bit of time for that, but I, I would like to try to finish it sooner rather than later. And um, so that, so here's my, my question. What was the last part that you played? Like, what do um, you remember playing? Do you was, play a part where you had to go to, like, a jungle and find a tall neck, and then you find the bad the bad machine, and then you have to escape yeah, things? that was the okay. one that um you and I had talked about last, huh? and you have to run through, and I was having so much trouble finding which way I had to go mm-hmm. because I have horrible direction skills. So here's the question. Here's the thing. If you go to the yeah. options, you can enable a thing that actually marks you where to follow because you can do like a waypoint that just puts where it is and you figure it out oh. or it actually to gives you it step by step i put that in and it's so much better to navigate the world i need that because right now it's like well it, it does that for when i'm on a mount but when i'm like 
in my around. character running through like one of the more funneled areas that's when i get messed up because sometimes i don't see the cue of like jump on this wall and jump to this area mm-hmm. and i like i jump on the wall and i look around and then i die um but i i've I got past that part and um then i was like okay i filled my quota <laughs> yes. um so i i'm hoping i can um finish it up and get going a little that's the thing you're so close to the end and like no. all the revelations happening that's why i'm like just push through like it was it, it was interesting playing this game and not do any of the side quests again even though i was playing a new game plus because i originally platinum them platinum did and got everything so i was like i just want to see if i can just mainline through this and it's well made as a way to mainline there's like no requirements for you to um go to none do other side quests. Not, yeah, none of the padding, at least when it comes to the mainline story. There's a lot of side content, kind of like almost Ghost of Tsushima-like uh, side content. That's what, what's funny. Like Playing it again, it just makes you realize how both Horizon and Ghost of Tsushima are kind of like in the... They have a very similar vibe. Yeah, they're, ba- yeah they're basically I, I the same... Yeah, they're basically the, the same co- game. Criticism. Yeah, they're basically the same game in some ways. You just pick your aesthetic. Do you like sci-fi with a mix of native stuff? You gotta have Horizon. Do you like samurai stuff? You gotta go to Tsushima. It's mm. basically it's basically two hamburgers, two kinds yeah. of hamburgers. One's a double quarter pounder, the other What's one's the baconator. Yes, you're basically you're picking the toppings. Even though I will say that combat-wise, like no game gives me the thrills of fighting the dinosaurs like it does in Horizon, um, I'll especially. Give it that. Especially because the, it makes me realize that Horizon is the spiritual successor, in spirit, but not in like direct name to Dead Space. Mm. You have to like really get the weak points of the robots. It's not if you're just shooting them just to shoot them, the combat sucks. Like 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 the combat is not yeah. fun if you're just like, uh, not really thinking about like where you're aiming your bow and arrow where the is what i did for a little while and you're like why does this take so many shots yeah exactly and if you only do it like that the game's not fun like the game's about the strategy of Mm -hmm. which specific bow you're going to use which specific arrow from your bow you're going to use like so especially it's so cool when you fight the big dinosaurs and then you shoot like one of the thunder jaws that have like bazookas in it and then you like shoot one off and And then then you can can use, use it Yes, and there's the Ravagers that you can use them like machine. You can use their machine guns and just wreck everything. It's like that. There's so many s- different layers of strategy to that game that you wouldn't think about, especially if you just, or if you're just about aiming and shooting. In that perspective, it's not a fun game. And I know that yeah. because like I try to do it a little bit. I was like, yeah, this is not how you're supposed to do it. You have to be more strategic. Boom, and that's when everything like reclicked for me. So. We still don't have a date for Forbidden West, and based on some of the news that we're going to talk about today, I am feeling less confident about it this year, just because, but I'll save that for later. Another thing that I played, Super Metroid, uh, because obviously with the Nintendo Direct, we got uh, the announcement of Metroid Dread. I was like, I'm feeling the itch to play a 2D Metroid. And because Metroid Fusion is not readily available in any Nintendo machine that you can currently own, unless you find a 3DS or a Wii U that nobody owned, that's like the only place where you can buy like some of the old ones. On the Nintendo Switch Online, you can play Super Metroid. 
uh, through the like the SNES, and I played through that game, and I had some feelings, many feelings as I played through that game. It's um, you say you don't like Metroidvanias, right? No, don't touch this one. I, like, I, I'm very glad that you talked about it on our <laughs> chat because it solidified exactly the things that I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with this, but um, you can talk about exactly what those are. The game is doesn't tell you at all what to do. You have to like figure it out. And obviously there's like, there, there's not even a story to it. You just like drop to a world where you're like, find this Metroid and then you just kind of go through it. Part of it is kind of like, especially now that we have gotten a game like Zelda Breath of the Wild, that it's kind of like that. Tiny things, but now go wild, figure it out. Um, it's interesting that Nintendo has always had that kind of philosophy in design way back then that was very obtuse. And if you're not willing to like really explore, go back and forth in many rooms, like trying to see if you can find a tiny kernel of an idea of where you can go and go back and forth over and over and over and over again. When I figure it out, it was exhilarating when I couldn't. I wanted to like tear my hair out, which I kind of did at, at times because it's sometimes the solutions to things are things that you wouldn't even expect a game from 1994 to give you. Like there's this place, like uh, there, there was this area where there's this machine that has like a little uh, grills and it's in an enclosed room. Then you can kill the room and then you put like a power bomb and it opens and it opens the door and then you see a bunch of sand and you're like, how am I supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that what the game wanted you to do is exit the room, re-enter the room. Don't kill that machine with drills. Put the power bomb, open the thing and let the enemy go through the thing to take out the sand. A mechanic that never happened again in the game or that hadn't happened at all in the game. And much later, when you get an upgrade from, from that area and then you kind of keep going, the game kind of drops you back to an old area and you're like, okay, I'm back to this old area. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that there's this hallway that it's glass. If you put a power bomb, the glass is going to break. Another mechanic the game doesn't tell you or didn't even allude that you could do earlier so it took me be like okay i'm gonna i have this new upgrade i'm gonna go through all the maps again to see if i find something and then i went to the point where i was like i'm just gonna be putting power bombs in every room maybe i'll find like a tiny crevice that's gonna open because i exploded it yeah and the uh, glass thing broke and i was like are you kidding me <laughs> that's when i put in the chat i figure it out i hate myself yeah it's like because i'm like that's it's so weird that Nintendo. I have to give them credit because not many developers these days would be that obtuse to expect that kind of like smarts from their players. But then, but, where does the, where do you draw the line? Exactly. Of yeah. like, okay, you're really pulling that creativity out of somebody, and where are you just? being obtuse for the sake of it and are you just how do you have bad conveyance or is it something else um where because half the time whenever i figure out a puzzle finally i think how was i supposed to figure that out mm-hmm. um because usually i either did it on accident or i had to look it up 
or even if I did finally figure it out, like sometimes it works and I'm like, oh, wow, I feel really smart right now. I just did this thing. That was me that figured it out. But usually it's, oh, that was frustrating. uh, There's nothing I hate more than the feeling that I had to look up something because it just doing that diminishes my opinion of a game just a tiny bit Mm. because um, it makes me wonder like if the game didn't have in its own design language, something that could actually point you out to figure this out. Right. I uh, actually did that with L.A. Noir back in the day because mm-hmm. there's a there there's like at the end of like the second string of cases you have to like yeah. figure out like super very specific um, Stuff. clues all over the all over the map that if you didn't know exactly where to go you're gonna be like lost for hours doing that yeah. because it just completely changes the flow of what the game was teaching you and introduces something that wasn't there and I have to rein myself in and think that Super Metroid is a 1994 game. So the sign was kind of evolving from there. And obviously, like, Super Metroid set a template for Metroidvanias. But it's so funny that adding a pointer or adding a little circle of where to go was enough of a quality of life to make Metroidvanias better. Yeah. Just having an idea, because that's the thing. Like Some of the better Metroidvanias for me, like, recently, the Ori games, um, they put, like, a tiny dot of the area you had to get to but it doesn't tell you how. Yeah. You just know that area is there. Then you just have to kind of explore the area within. Mm-hmm. And you know the objective is there. I think that's a good design of like, just pointing you there, but not hand-holding you everything. And that's something the next Metroid, which is the one that I mentioned is my favorite, Metroid Fusion and Game Boy. They added pointers. They added kind of like more dialogue to give an idea of like where to go and all that. And that helped a lot. And that's why that's like my favorite. I would rather play Metroid Fusion 10 times than ever go through Super Metroid again. I'm glad I did because that was like a, you know how sometimes there's like old games that you have heard so much about. Yeah. They're like so highly regarded and you kind of want to like cross them off your checklist and be like, oh yeah, I did play that. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of glad I did that. But it makes me appreciate everything that came after. And I played a little bit of Destiny 2 yesterday actually because I didn't play for three weeks because my internet situation here at home has been beyond abysmal because of rains that have been happening. I'm kind of oh, terrified. Really? I'm, yeah, because it has unstabilized my internet to the point that it like constantly disconnects and all that. And destiny really annoys me when you disconnect and having to log back in because it's remember, such I, a pain. Yes. And you're on PS5. I'm not. So trying to loading yeah. in with a PS4 the is loading. like, oh, yeah. gosh. and they've improved loading on PS4. That's what's funny with Beyond Light. They improved it. So I'm I had just been waiting for my internet to become more stable and I saw it was stable enough and I did three weeks worth of uh, story stuff, which is interesting where it's going, but I don't want to get to, we talk about Destiny 2 a lot in this podcast. Uh, we, we started to, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's, I'm still enjoying that and can't wait to see what else I play now because the summer's slow right now and obviously we have Zelda Skyward Sword coming in like two weeks. I'm very excited for that. Um, I talked with PJ and he might join us for that one for like a little for, to have like a discussion. So are you going to get Skyward Sword on Switch? Um, I have it pre-ordered. So probably um, okay. just to replay it, I guess. I I mean, as as we've established, I would much rather have many other uh, Legend of Zelda games as an option yeah. on the Switch. I don't know why they picked Skyward Sword, but it it, it makes more sense after the direct. Like uh, there's so much breath, there's so much Skyward Sword and breath in that Breath of the Wild sequel trailer. So 
it makes sense. And I heard, I had been reading. I, I told this to PJ last uh, last episode because I read that um, the reason why Nintendo didn't mention anything about like Wind Waker or Twilight Princess right now is because they're trying to get into a cadence that they want to have a Zelda something every year. So I could see that, but the, that also means they're yeah. gonna full price yeah, everything. Exactly, and, and not only that, it's like in the case the Breath of the Wild sequel doesn't show up next year. Which mm. I wouldn't be surprised. We only got a year. We don't even have a name. Right. So, so, so it's like, and that's how it was with the with the original Breath of the Wild. It had a year, and until they gave a title to the game, it got delayed for the next year. Yeah. So, right. so um, if that if Breath of the Wild two gets pushed or the sequel to Breath, I, I hate calling it Breath of the Wild two because it's not. Yeah, they made it because of not naming it. It just makes it so stupid. Like that's how they have a title in YouTube. It's so funny. Like you put Breath of the Wild to sequel, then the tension is the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, if if it pushes from 2022, then they'll have a, the other games in the docket to just put there. Yeah. So, but but they kind of still want to push Skyward Sword now. So I'm more confident about it. The more I've been like thinking about it because of the controls alone, I think that's gonna help that game a lot. And we don't have anything else to play really of consequence this summer, so that'll be good. True. But speaking of consequential stuff, uh, ironically, last week was very Nintendo focused with our guest. This week, very PlayStation focused. So anyone that looks at our green logo and expecting Xbox stock here, not this week <laughs> because of the way. We try to, but um, yes. they need to bring out a little bit more. I mean, at least for E3, I feel like we talked about Xbox a lot. Exactly. So. Yeah. To be fair, yes, that that's a fair point. Like even though we we talked about a lot. Because we smushed together everything in at E3, our biggest stocks was from from Microsoft. So they had their spot in the limelight. Then they get Nintendo. Now we get Sony. Because to be fair, they still haven't announced when they're gonna talk. There's rumors that it's gonna happen in July. That's Other true. rumors are that it's gonna be in August, and I'll tell you why. But for now, press X for some news. <laughs> You're listening to X Button Radio. There you go. So this morning, it's very interesting that we talked about when we were going to record this episode. We're actually going to record this the day that we're going to publish it this time, just because of you had stuff to do because you were on vacation. This morning, I woke up and I woke up to PlayStation Worldwide Studios President Herman Hulse a guy that we talk about a lot in regards to Sony these days, he announced that they acquired Finnish studio Housemark, the developer of classic PlayStation games like Super Stardust HD, Dead Nation, Resogun, and their most recent critically acclaimed new PS5 exclusive that came out at the end of April, which was? Returnal. Yeah, that you have forgotten that Returnal even came out. <laughs> I I completely forgot. Once <laughs> I realized the kind it. of game it was, I had to say hard no, but I respect what it is, and um, it apparently did really well. Yeah, it did really well critically. Commercially, it's a little bit more iffy, but it sold respectfully enough. Yeah. Enough for Sony to like still be in bed, want to be more in bed with the studio. They like. This marks Sony's most recent studio acquisition since Insomniac back in 2019. And funny enough, they dealt with Insomniac for almost 25 years or 20 plus years before they put a ring on it. Yeah, because they, they've worked with uh, Insomniac since uh, 
the Spyro days in the 1990s, worked with them with Ratchet and Clank, the Resistance trilogy. They kind of went through a little breakup where Insomniac kind of went to do uh, Xbox stuff with Sons of Overdrive and the Fuse game that they did for EA that got murdered by uh, by focus focus testing. (laughs) Primarily, focus testing made it an easy target to be murdered by everyone, critically and commercially. But then they kind of rekindled, did the Ratchet & Clank uh, remake in 2016, did the Spider-Man, the big Spider-Man game that solidified the relationship in 2018. So, and then they acquired them in 2019. And it's so funny because Insomniac has been like basically carrying the PS5 in the exclusive front from like a first party studio for mm-hmm. Sony since this machine launched. So they acquired that in 2019. And before that, in 2011, 10 years ago, Paul, they bought Sucker Punch, the infamous and Ghost of Tsushima developer. So in a decade, they have bought three studios. In the same decade, Microsoft has bought 20. I would say that's <laughs> I would I would hesitate to compare only yeah. because Microsoft so, you know, bought yeah. all of those at the because very last no, minute. Yeah, and, no, and not only that, because they needed to buy it. Microsoft needed to buy those students because they had nothing. They literally right. had not. They had like four or five. Mm-hmm. So they bought the um, then they bought the first one like Ninja Theory and a bunch of them in 2018. Then they added Obsidian in Exile, and then they bought Bethesda. That took all the students that had Bethesda has in house. So. I, I like. I'm excited about this, but this group hasn't made anything that I've actually enjoyed that much. Um, I played a little Dead Nation because it was free. Play a little Resident because it was free. Mm-hmm. Um, Returnal wasn't really my thing. They kind of have a a general vibe. They are um, gameplay. They're gameplay first, arcadey style games. Yeah. Like they were bullet hells and yes. top and down th- shooters. And the thing is that um, Superstar this HD was what defined the PSN back in like 2007. Like it was one of the first oh, big really? games for downloadable games from them that was like high profile and so beloved. So they've always, that's what's funny, is like they've always worked with PlayStation. It's kind of like the same, PlayStation has this MO. They work with studios, even though they don't own them for like a while. Yeah. They like cushion it and then they snack them. So they did that with that's what they did with Naughty Dog. That didn't start as a as a Sony uh, studio at the beginning. They worked with Sony a lot because of Crash Bandicoot and all that. But they were owned by Universal at the time. So Sony does that. They like they instead of just immediately snack someone, they just uh, work with them for a while and make sure that the relationship is solid enough for them to like snag it. Yeah. And Insomniac was one of the longest holdouts because they just love their independence. Sony tried to buy them after Spyro. They tried to buy them after uh, Ratchet and Clank. They started souring around Resistance because that's when they started wanted to do other stuff. Yeah. But they eventually they got them. So, yeah, welcome to the PlayStation family, Housemark. Because that's the thing. Housemark was this close to closing. Just because they, uh, the last two arcade style games they did Matterfall and Next Machina. Next Machina was really uh, good, but yeah. they didn't sell a lot. That one. Yeah, they didn't sell anything. So they were like, yeah, we're pivoting. We're no longer doing arcade style games. And they were going to do a Battle Royale called Storm Divers. Which... Do I remember that? Yeah, they announced it like in 2018. Yeah, Storm Divers. They never released it. That's what's funny. They, um, 
they announced that they were doing a battle royale like in the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, if I'm not mistaken. That... Apparently there was a book by the same name that is coming <laughs> up more than uh, the actual game. There's like one game or like cinematic uh, mm -hmm. picture and that's it. Yeah, so they... Um... It reminds me of what happened to Cliff Lesinski, the guy that created Gears of War, the studio. He made. Uh, he had a, a studio called Bosky Studios that made Lawbreakers. I think was the name of the shooter. That I was like an that. over. That, that was like Overwatch, but more violent. Yeah. That game bombed. Yeah. Hard, and then he tried to do a battle royale called Radical Heights that never left early access, and it's and his studio closed. Mm -hmm. So, so, so Housemarque trying to do a battle royale was like the felt like the last legs so it's yeah. good that sony kind of came in and we're like don't do that let's try to do something else and returnal came from came from that and returnal was highly acclaimed by many for the people that like that kind of um procedurally generated uh roguelike super tough kind of game because that's the thing like for some people stand by that game a lot like for some for some that's like a clear game of the year contender this year obviously there's slim pickings right now because of the kind of year we're having but that says a lot none of the other games were like game of the year contenders so so that was a big good snack for sony what's interesting though story number two was that while they announced the acquisition of housemark and that was put in the uh it was announced through the playstation channels you go to the twitters and it was there mm -hmm. playstation japan out of all of them the image that they had because the, the, the image the other ones had was like PlayStation, Housemark, Welcome to the Family, and had the icons of all the games that they have made. Yeah. So the one that Japan had had Demon's Souls and also the games that had and Blue Point. Mm. And then they deleted that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, since that came from the PlayStation Japan account, this wasn't a. And and you can go to like the web archive. I, I follow Nivelian, which is gonna we're gonna mention him later today. Like he's he's kind of like a reset era mother, something like that. That it's always looking at interesting stuff. He he went to the web archive and yes, he confirmed it came from Japan, that picture. So what's interesting then, it's like the Japan, the, the, the PlayStation Japan account accidentally spoiled that. PlayStation Worldwide Studios also went on a shopping spree and didn't just acquire Housemark, but also uh, Bluepoint, two studios that were big for this PS5 launch. Bluepoint obviously did the uh, the Demon, Demon Souls, Souls remake, remake, which was so highly regarded, like and so beautiful and such a probably one of the more beautiful games from like the PS5 launch, a remake. On top of that, so that's. Uh, what makes this interesting is that again, just like these other studios, Sony has been working with Bluepoint forever mm -hmm. since 2009, when Bluepoint did the God of War collection, God of War one and two. That was like one of the first HD collections. It actually started the HD collection craze of that mid PS3 360 gen, where we started to get a lot that was of PS. Such a weird time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there was no backwards compatibility in either of those yeah. machines, so, rem so, so remasters they... had to happen. And yeah. I guess, like, in the end, it did push a lot of technology further because when they because they spent so much time working on these remasters, they got really good at remastering games, figuring out what people wanted out of a remaster. And some of them were like, hey, this game's not even that great anymore. Let's just remake the whole thing from scratch and make it 
freaking bonkers and amazing i mean you just look at your demon souls you look at your final fantasy 7 remake you look at your spyro um and, and compared to something like your devil may cry hd collection or the metal gear solid hd collection which metal gear solid hd collection was done by blue point also holy crap really yeah <laughs> yes yes in fact like the hd collections that blue point did was these um the Sly Cooper collection, the yeah. Jack and Daxter collection, the uh, Ra- Ratchet and Clank collection, God of War collection, the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus, Colossus collection from the PS3. They did the Metal wow. Gear Solid collection. And then they branched out a little bit. They actually did that Xbox 360 version of the original Titanfall that was just on Xbox One. Oh, that's weird. And because, because that was just an Xbox exclusive and they wanted to have that on on the 360 also yeah yeah, so they so they did a a reverse remaster there and obviously and obviously blue point did the shadow of the colossus 2018 ps4 remake Mm -hmm. even though they had already worked on the ps3 remaster and obviously now demon's also they are the studio that doesn't do their own thing but specializes at making existing things better and playstation japan tweeting that and Having made a logo, that's the thing. Like they made a logo that included Demon Souls and Blue Point. That's not something that you quickly Photoshop. They had that in their, yeah. they 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 had that already in their files to just put put a social. So that means that this is gonna happen no matter what. And that's something that pe- people have been uh, expecting from PlayStation now. And it actually makes more sense now that if you remember when both these games were announced at the PlayStation event in June of mm-hmm. last year, they had the PlayStation Studios logo, even though PlayStation Studios was just for the studio. I, the Sony I do owned. remember that, and then they had to take it off, didn't they? No, they didn't. They still oh, had they them. Okay. So the fact that they put it on two studios that they didn't own, the PlayStation Studios moniker, then that they were telegraphing this for a while. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I'm gonna say, what are the possibilities of them getting the wrong news or assuming? that blue point is already owned by playstation or like they're they they must have done something because obviously they've been making sony exclusive stuff the forever. thing is that they were they welcoming they were welcoming to the family that's the thing both the icons that the other playstation uh accounts had was housemark playstation welcome to the family and yeah. all the icons of the other okay, franchises so sony had made and the japan one had because that's the thing it didn't just have blue point logo there it also had the Demon Souls was included in like a bunch of images at the back that included God of War, Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank. But why it, wouldn't Uncharted. they just give them the same image for everything? Like, why wouldn't they give all of their social media? Because the, the same because the re, no, no, because that's the thing. Their return, the housemark image doesn't have Demon Souls in the image at back. Right. So that means that they have the images ready. They just put the wrong one. But that means if they already make one for Blue Point, means that Blue Point is gonna be announced Hmm. so i'm just wondering like maybe they just threw somebody at like hey look the this email says blue point hey jerry go make make something real quick throw blue point in there do the photoshop thing we'll pay you later throw it on there and then they did it and then they realized oh shoot that's not actually the case yeah yeah the thing is that they, they made the image for blue point for a reason so yeah so that's a, so it, this is not confirmed, but I think at this point, it's just basically pretty much confirmed. <laughs> it would make sense, especially that that's another studio Sony has been working with for a while. 
it would so. be a great thing i agree because if they had a dedicated studio that's what i told you um if they had a dedicated studio for just old stuff that they're making new now especially mm-hmm. even if the four goes to the five you've still got a lot of other stuff there was a wild west time for the ps3 mm-hmm. they could you could spend 20 years remaking all of the greatest hits forever <laughs> um and- they are the studio that you would use to revive your old stuff and you don't exactly. take and you don't take the time off from your big studios right now to work on something old or even having to do remake. like for example what we talked about the very malign last of us remake that we talked about when we returned with the show yeah that, that's being made by naughty dog and i'm like that sounds like the job for blue point mm. like that's like don't waste your time remaking an old game use your resources for something new there's this going to be this studio that will be able to do that for you. Yeah. So, and uh, Sony has so many franchises that are dormant right now, but they don't have the studio power to like go back to that instead of just trying new stuff because they like trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. Bluepoint would fill that niche very perfectly. Just see how big Demon Souls remake was like a game that was so niche on PS3 and that was so big now on PS5. So yeah, we'll see. It's, it's a, it's going to be a countdown. I wonder if they wanted to give uh, Housemark the day today and then Blue Point, they were going to give it another. They'd be like, we said that this day. He had, they had the shine. Now here's this other one. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I would, that's what I would do if I was welcoming yeah. in two separate developers. I would want to make sure that they both had their time in the limelight. Mm-hmm. So if this is the case, yeah, it would make sense why I'm, they had the I'm happy. Yeah, it would make the sense why an official PlayStation account had that kind of image they have Mm -hmm. them ready so because you stagger that kind of announcement so on more playstation news and this is going to be number three uh can you hear me yep i I just hit the wrong thing okay okay i was like did we uh do we get another technical hiccup again? Oh, okay. We're still in business. So I'll have right. what was that next thing that I know I'm going to love? Number three, if you're a fan of Ghost of Tsushima, like Mr. Florida Man from Louisiana here, and have been wanting more, there's some interesting news coming for the horizon. According to Nibelion on Twitter, the guy that I mentioned that corroborated the Japan Twitter thing, the ESRB the guys that make that give the games their ratings, like E, T, M, and all of that, they have officially rated a new PS4 and PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima called Ghost of Tsushima, the director's cut. When they rate something, it means that it's official because they put it, uh, they have been served, right. they have certified you don't do it. That just for hypotheticals. Yes, exactly. So they rate, they, they have officially rated Ghost of Tsushima, the director's cut, which makes this the second. PS4 exclusive that's coming to PS5 under the Director's Cut moniker following that stranding Director's Cut at Summer Game Fest this summer. And But Alejandro, didn't Ghost of Tsushima already get an upgrade for so the PS5? That's what's interesting because um, Ghost of Tsushima PS4 version had a patch if you had a PS5 that right. allows it to run at 60 frames per second and that was at the PS5 launch. But yeah. that was still the PS4 version. So same PS4 trophies and all of that. It just, it just unlocked the frame rate. So it makes me wonder what other improvements this is going to have. Yeah, because it wouldn't make sense PS- to resell this thing by itself. You can buy the PS4 version and get a free PS5 upgrade. Exactly. And that game's already stunningly beautiful. That's what's funny. 
and it's probably one of the best I've ever seen. That's for sure. One of the most colorful games ever. It has some weird faces, but just in color composition and everything, that because oh, Jim is a looker. It's so, fantastic. Yeah, it makes me interested on that because unlike that stranding, that stranding never got a patch. If you put that, if you put your PS4 copy of that stranding right now on PS5, the only thing you're gonna get is faster loading because right. because of the SSD. But that game never got a 60 frames per second patch, even though it has a PC version that came out a year after. So they were saving the Death Stranding enhancements for this director's cut. For Ghost of Tsushima, is a little bit more nebulous because it did get that patch at the launch. Mm-hmm. But keeping on the Ghost of Tsushima director strain uh, for a little bit, number four. Prominent PlayStation website push, push Square noted last week that the website URL Ghost of Ikishima has officially been claimed. Why is that important? You were not here for uh, for that week. I was not. So, and because we didn't talk about PlayStation in last week's episode, I didn't mention it, but there were some inside sources that claimed that Sony was planning a smaller scale standalone game slash expansion for Ghost of Tsushima. Think uh, Uncharted The Lost Legacy and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. Uh, for ghosts so it would I, make sense because for all of the awesomeness the surprising sleeper hit of the multiplayer for ghost of tsushima um which i don't know how much we've talked about that but i went hard on that multiplayer for a little while um for as fleshed out as it is it is very repetitive mm-hmm. and there's not a lot to it so to have some kind of method of using all of the power because as you mentioned there feels like there's not a whole lot going on in ghost tsushima's world once you really boil down the story modes which are Mm -hmm. very small missions um or big missions and then you have very small missions that is like go to this other little area kill five guys and then have like a three second cutscene. um this would really utilize the foundation of what all of their work did and also give them almost like a beta test for the next sequel the actual jumping off point for the next thing because as we established in the storyline um everything sets up to okay well we got this one small island now but the mongols are invading all of northern japan Mm -hmm. so we got to go to other places and you could theoretically make an endless amount of stories in different islands there oh yeah different islands culminating in the entire northern region of japan you could even move it forward and say all right well we've established that the mongols are gone but hey you can still be your character in this world um this whole example got away from me somewhat but basically the idea of an expansion slash like miles morales style game into the next jumping point has been a really beneficial process and we haven't seen the actual punchline to those because of Mm -hmm. obviously lost legacy um came after four which they Mm -hmm. never made another one after that and Mm -hmm. spider-man miles morales was the last but we know there's going to be a next one, mm-hmm. but it gives them the chance to build on what they were saying uh, previously. Yeah, it's a way for them to get games quicker. Yeah. Because um, these games are like took forever. Like, for example, the original Ghost of Tsushima followed Infamous Second Son that came out in 2014. That came out in 2020. Yeah. So, and what's interesting is that Sucker Punch, this is not the first time they've done this, they've done standalone games slash expansion before like 
Infamous Second Son was followed by Infamous First Light, which many argue was actually better oh, than Second yeah. Son. I'll so, agree. Tra tra traversal by itself. Yeah, just traversal with better. the with with, uh, with the character from First Light just felt more fun. Even though you had more powers in Second Son, just being mainly focused on the neon powers of whatever her name was. I completely forgot what her name I, was. I did too, but it's... Yeah. And admittedly, it's been a while since that game yeah. came out. Oh, yes, yeah, 2014 also. Both Infamous Sucker Punch had not released anything since 2014. That's when they released both Second Son and First Light. So, yeah, Sony's still doing that expansion star slash standalone game thing, it seems like. What I'll be interesting to see if the Ghost of Tsushima director, Scott, it's going to bundle this together. Like, uh, like if you want, like if you remember back at the PS5 launch, there were two versions of Miles Morales. There was just the standalone game that was like forty nine ninety nine, but for sixty nine ninety nine, you got the ultimate edition of the Spider Man Miles Morales game that included both Miles Morales and the remaster of the P of the PS4 Spider Man game. So, will Ghost of Tsushima have more stuff to it? Like, the, is is the main game gonna have more side stuff? Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's the implication of that that's trending director Scott that he's adding stuff to an already huge game. So yeah. are they adding that stuff or they're just putting the they're just calling director Scott because they don't want to call it remaster and all of that. And that's how they're gonna bundle both the PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima, like base, base, base PS5 version mm -hmm. with this new expansion and sell it at full price. They already did that last year with Miles Morales, so it wouldn't surprise me if they do this here. And also my big curiosity now, supposedly this is coming out this year, especially now that it's been rated, you know that it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. Is this Sony's way of saying, we, this is what we have for this holiday in case Horizon slips? That this holiday is going to be that stranding director Scott and Ghost of Tsushima director Scott as their big thing? That would yes, kind these of are... suck, but yeah. <laughs> I i mean, given how crazy these last few years were, I i would kind of give it to them. I mean, The Last of Us Remaster in 2014 was like a big thing for the second half of that year, so true. it's not its not the first time that they've used a re-release as like their big headliner. So Horizon is still scheduled for fall 2021. They're not putting a date on it. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, it. Just makes me curious because this is just dropping out of nowhere. We still don't have the Sony event, but it would make sense unless they want to put three open worlds, two that are basically already have people already play on PS4, two enhanced ones and a new one for the holiday. This is basically like what it, what what this is saying. So I I think I guess we'll see, but um. I I had to do a trivia search um, just before we tie that one off. I remembered that um, Abigail Walker was her name for uh, Infamous First Light, mm -hmm. and she was played by Laura Bailey. Yeah, that I knew. Which, yeah. Um, I forgot about, but I knew there was some kind of connection between that and Troy Baker mm -hmm. and Last of Us, and, and also Travis and Travis Willingham. Those three. Like Travis Willingham, the husband of Laura Bailey, they work on so many stuff together. And there's my Amazing. dog. Do you hear my dog? I don't actually. Thank God. Finally. So you are good for now. 
Yes. So story number five, staying on PlayStation again. So if you think Insomniac Games is about to go quiet now after they single-handedly carried the launch of the PS5 on their shoulders with their release of Spider-Man Miles Morales, Spider-Man Remastered, and just recently Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, a recent job listing suggests the studio ain't slowing down. So while everyone knows they're currently at work on the full-fledged sequel for 2018 Spider-Man, the job listings they recently put suggest they have a multiplayer game in the works. The job listings include a creative director, a systems designer for multiplayer, a story lead, an art director, and a VFX artist. It should also be noted that the systems designer for multiplayer listing specifies melee-based combat. This is interesting because considering that a few months back, former creative director of the Resistance and Sunset Overdrive franchises, Drew Murray, returned to Insomniac following his stint over at Microsoft's The Initiative, the studio that that's worked crazy. Yeah, that, oh. that that was a studio that worked on Perfect Dark, and and the spec and the speculation was that he returned to bring back Resistance because, as we noted, like Insomniac endlessly tweets about Resistance these days. Like, even though there's like no new game or even a proper way to play that trilogy unless you undust your PS3 if your disk drive works. So, this job listing about a melee-based combat makes me this makes it now a 50-50 possibility because either Drew Murray came back and is working on this new stuff or this is just going to be an aside to whatever Drew Murray is working because Insomniac's big team they have two big studios in California like in their California office they have like two full-fledged teams one working on one thing the other one working on other stuff and they also have a team over in North Carolina so they are they're a studio that tends to have multiple games in development so we know the Spider-Man game. We know the um, we know that Drew Mary came back. He may be working on something. There's always a third team. Is this their new multiplayer game? Yeah. They have experience with multiplayer. Resistance had really big multiplayer modes. Like the first Resistance had 40 player matches. The second one had 60 player matches when everyone was just doing eight to 16 matches back in the day. Resistance 3 scaled it down to eight and 16. So they are not like new to the multiplayer scene so it makes me it makes me interested and also i think he just underscores that the insomniac purchase is probably one of the best sony has made because look at how much they have featured on playstation 5 already Mm -hmm. while other studios are still working on their stuff we're not going to see what naughty dog's working forever because they take forever god of war is like next year so it's like they this this studio hustles and that's the thing. They just don't put any game. Their games are, are quality. So would you be willing to play a multiplayer game from them that's melee-based? Like, based on, on paper, no. Mm-hmm. Because, one, I have really toned back on multiplayer games, as you know. Um, and two... It almost feels as going to be a strange thing. Multiplayer and melee feel like they don't mix unless you really get it right. Because when you add multiplayer, you have to take away the see like um, what's the word? You have to lower the ceiling mm-hmm. for multiplayer play. 
um, unless you want to make it a focus of like crazy combos or something. Uh, like I know we'll go with a free to play multiplayer of Vindictus. Um, strange game, awesome situation, but it's also heavily PVE. Mm-hmm. Um, but with like a squad situation on like dungeon crawling, like a Diablo style, if you want to call it that. Um, but unless you really go that route, you really have to trim back the multiplayer, uh, the the melee capabilities to do something like that. Unless, like, if it's a PvP, I I just don't have a lot of trust in it. But it's also Insomniac here, and they don't put forth effort into something unless they really think they can do it. So just for that, I would want to give them the benefit of the doubt to see. I'm curious what they're going to do, but I have a lot of skepticism before I'm going to trust them blindly. What about yes. you? Um, to me, it's like Insomniac, other than Fuse, for obvious reasons, has never released a bad game, ever. They have a certain level of quality to them that makes me trust that anything that they're going to put out is going to be good. This is definitely a situation where I had to see the kind of game it is first. Before I get before I get like super excited, to me the excitement comes from the fact that it seems that Sony is putting their money where their mouth is about like finally diversifying their portfolio after the like how monog- how monogenous their first party releases became with just open worlds and third person action games and third person over the shoulder action games and all yeah. of that. So that to me is good. Because it, it, it seems that they're finally like delving back into expanding from just doing the one thing. And of course, they're doing it with a studio that has proved that they can hustle and release stuff and work quick and work well. But until we see what it is, I share your skepticism. But I don't doubt it's going to be good. <laughs> so, But please, bring back Resistance. Please. I want Resistance back. You got Drew Murray back for Christ's sake. You have been tweeting about resistance a lot, for Christ's sake. Like, as long as this gives me resistance in some way, put whatever you want in, Sonic. At least you know, we, we have some good stuff from you. And I would say I want Sunset Overdrive. Sony owns it now. I know. I, I would I want, want yes. Both the first and more, because it was a cool world. I love the style of it. And we need more. Anyway. Yes. Paul. What is the PS5 exclusive abandoned? <sighs> Grab a drink. Because I'm, di- I- I- I'm diving in. Oh, Alejandro, do we have to talk about this, please? Yes, yes we have. Because <laughs> Why we do we have to about- talk about it? Yeah, we have to talk about this garbage. So, okay. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, this game by the alleged indie developer Blue Box Games has been the subject of much scrutiny by the gaming community, to put it lightly, where many think this is the latest trolling scheme by legendary developer Hideo Kojima, who pulled something very similar in the lead-up to the announcements of both Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, and the long-canceled Silent Hills. Despite Blue Box Games incessantly, constantly denying any involvement whatsoever with Hideo Kojima, they haven't been able to put out any fire that keeps pointing towards Kojima. It started with a deleted tweet on June 15th 
that suggested they were working on Silent Hill. They tweeted, abandon equal equals words starting in S, second word ending in L. What starts with S and L? Silent Hill. And also the existence of a PS5 exclusive app that would house trailers and reveal the full nature and name of the game. Even though this is a PS exclusive, as it was announced back in a weird trailer from April 2021, you can look it up. It's a trailer that is just a bunch of like, it's a wood, it was someone walking through a wood that people realize is basically asset flip from the Unreal Engine, um, from the Unreal Engine, Engine assets. Really? Yes. And that they are planning on making an open world game that's going to run at 4K and 60 frames. A indie developer working on a game that's going to run at 4K and 60 frames. And they're going to use an exclusive app to reveal this na the nature of this thing. Something no PlayStation exclusive has ever done. Ever. And one where the API of the PS5 backend waits that this app is gonna wait an astonishing 48 gigabytes. And it's strange that Sony's letting an unknown indie studio whose previous work includes asset flip mobile phones games and a failed Kickstarter from 2015. And then even till this day, there is no way to confirm who even works at that studio other than a dude named Hassan Karaman, which, interesting enough, if you put Karaman, which is a Turkish name, and you put it through Google Translate to Japan, what does it translate to? Is it Kojima? Hideo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, and Hassan starts with H. Hey, Karaman. Hey, yeah. so like. I realized that one as well just a second ago. Yeah. So, this studio says that there's people where even there's there's this dude Hassan Karaman apparently did a interview with Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, where they talked for an hour, and Jason wasn't able to like really figure out like who else works on that team. He gave him names of satellite studios that he asked for comment and they didn't respond back still to this day haven't responded back and then it's so funny that then Hassan mentioned this name this studio Noir that is a satellite studio that works on like art and hype and 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 high quality assets for like big games including Last of Us Part 2 Ghost of Tsushima and what other game Paul Death Stranding. <laughs> and then if you go to Noir Studios Twitter, they're a real they're, they're a real deal. You can look at their website and all that. Who do they follow? They only follow 10 people. Who is one of those people? Hideo Kojima. <laughs> no, we're not working with Kojima. <laughs> we have no association with them. <laughs> We just have every single coincidence that points towards that. And it even gets better. I didn't put this here. Asan Karaman has a official verified PlayStation uh, profile you can, mm -hmm. where you can see what play games are they're playing. He has a game in that profile 
Paul Demon's curse, a game that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, he has 1,238 trophies that he has earned. What is the number that's associated with Silent Hill in Japan? 1,238. Like, boy you are going full conspiracy no. theorist on this one no i i am the uh the character from it's, it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah that has like the, the connecting you're, all the, of you're the red <laughs> you're yes. the red string guy right now yeah i'm the red string guy right now so funny enough this ps5 app was supposed to come out on june 20th then it got delayed to june 22nd which was a week ago, last last uh, Tuesday. Then on Friday, June 25th, was when it was supposedly pushed and when it was going to release. The day before, a countdown starts from Abandon the Game the, for the YouTube channel. Very fancy countdown. Like, a, a, a very, a, that then they go and say, oh, yeah, that's a fake um, countdown. Don't uh, listen to that. Literally, when that countdown posts zero, Hassan Karaman posts a video saying, hey, the app, we're delaying it till August. So an app that you said that was going to be released on the 20th, that they got pushed two days. They're like, oh, yeah, we need to. It's going to come out in three days. Now you're going to delay it close to two months. It's astounding. Like everyone make the joke that Blue Box Studios should be called Blue Ball Studios because nothing they have made has put off the fire. It's important, like, no matter how much, it, like, and let me go back, like, let me rewind back to 2012, 2013, when Jeff Keighley unveiled the Phantom Pain. That's how it was revealed. Even though when you look at that trailer, you're like, is that Snake? Is that the army crawl like, and all that? That's, that's definitely Metal Gear Solid. This is all assets from Metal Gear Solid. What exactly. is good? Yeah, it, it looks like Metal Gear. Yeah. So, but when Phantom Pain was released, yeah. like when, when Phantom Pain was revealed, it was said that a studio called Moby Dick Studios mm -hmm. was working on it. And they immediately said, we have no association with Hideo Kojima or Metal Gear. You know that Metal Gear is not associated with flying flaming whales, right? There's like mm -hmm. something, there's a tweet about that. And you could look at their web, like you could try to find their website. There's like nothing in their website. They kept denying that they were working on Kojima. And then three months later, they announced, yeah, it's Metal Gear Solid 5. It's Why do they do these things to us, Alejandro? Do they yeah. just... Do they just want the controversy? Do they just want to get everyone talking? I will um, say it I feels like it just makes everyone pissed at them. Yes, exactly. It's a it's like ARGs, our campaigns. You know, there's something interesting about that, those kind of like art campaigns that get that gets you strung along and all that. Mm -hmm. The thing is that this developer, quote unquote, I don't believe it's a real developer. Uh, because no, there's no way to like verify who else works there. It would be so easy to figure out if someone works at a place that it's too nebulous of a, of an existence for this developer, and they have played with fire basically, first with like them tweeting that thing that they had to delete, and constantly be like, no, we don't work on that, no, we don't work at that, and doing so many things that just points to Kojima because he's done this kind of BS before. And here's the thing now, 
by delaying this app, literally the moment the countdown ended, literally it went to see, and it's like, how would you say that that's not an official thing to then put that video saying that the thing got delayed to August? Not even a second after that thing ended, after you're saying that that's not, it's like a bunch of BS. So this is pointing that this is, things are going to burn. <laughs> like the things are because that's the thing. Like, if this thing is not what people cons- like conspirators like me now think it is, based on all the evidence, that's just way too much coincidence. Like I imagine, like a few coincidences. Like mm, okay, like even PT had like some. This looks familiar, but this is weird. Before, oh my god, it's Silent Hills mm-hmm. back in 20, 2014. Another game that. Had a trailer announced with an unknown studio, seven seven eight zero S Studios, but that one thankfully was like the PT demo was there. Everyone yeah. crowdsourced solutions to figure out how to beat that demo, Which and then at the and then at crazy. the end of that. Yeah, and then at the end of that demo, the Silent Hills trailer played, which was insane. That had Norman Reedus in it. I think that's a good. That was a good way to do it. No one was pissed about it because the existence of PT was like. Confirmed that that Gamescom, that that trailer was revealed. The next day, we knew what it was. The Phantom Pain thing thing was a little bit more annoying because that was revealed in December and it took until March for things to really... uh, And that didn't fool anyone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and, and that was... It it was like, we know what this is. Just just say what it is. So it's... um, These are like... What's happening with Blue Box is like, it's playing on a worse scale, what happened with Phantom Pain. Because they had just done the absolute worst way possible to try to like qualm everything and just too many things to become a coincidence to be like, it has to be, right? Like, is it, there's no way life can be this coincidental to not be what it is. And the delay from here to August is like, to, to me, was like the, the pain, the, the, the nail in the coffin for these guys that if it's not what it is, it's like, they're gonna burn in a way that it's not, it, it's gonna ruin them. This well, also maybe made... they won't, considering nobody can find out who works there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's a, that's the thing about it. It's uh, and also just to even add more things to the fire. Hideo Kojima started posting pictures of him uh, in Instagram holding a blue box. So mm. I, at a certain point, it's like. Who knows? It's like point. they just it's like they know everyone knows they know that and they're still going to mess with people just yeah. because they want to. Um, honestly, I mean, after that talk with Hideo Kojima, I honestly just want to make sure this guy's OK before he starts making another game, because yeah. um, both <laughs> that's going to turn his, whatever he makes into something really crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, it might be uh whatever finally makes him snap so hideo kojima for whatever reason you're the one person that listens to this please take care of yourself buddy um, yeah. then do i mean thing. how are you doing hideo oh japan japan japan's effed we're in lockdown i i think we're like in 9 11 like i gotta on. rethink my entire creative process okay buddy let's yeah, let's calm it's... down get some tea that's rethink still, everything that, that's gonna go down as the funniest unintentionally funniest oh. uh interviews i've ever seen in my life so putting my teen fall hat again because i'm not too crazy enough what if this thing got pushed back to august because sony's event is in august 
This is supposed to be a PS5 exclusive. That's how it was announced back in April. That would be very interesting if they pushed it back and then it was unveiled alongside everything. That would be very interesting because yeah. um, that would give Sony a lot of power with their um, whatever they reveal. Honestly, I don't know what they're yes. going to talk about. I would say, regardless of what it is, this has been the craziest news I've followed in close to a decade. You fell straight into yeah. that abyss. Yeah. I <laughs> I stepped into that on accident. I was like, oh, what's this about? I haven't heard anything about it. And you went into like a spiel of every detail that you'd researched. And um, I was not prepared for it. I think I was in the middle of my vacation. I'm like, what is going on? What? What? Blue? Yeah. What? <laughs> Yes, no, that's the thing. When I found that Reddit where compiled all the coincidences that have happened since this game got uh, revealed on the PlayStation blog back in April, mm -hmm. it's like you don't see a lot of that and believe that something's up. It's like it's way too much of a coincidence. Uh, but that was literally more exciting news to follow than most of E3, personally, for me. So, final story, Paul. <laughs> I, we are going to come back to that next, that last one again. We are going to settle this one day. Yes. Um, I wasn't fully convinced. Now I'm just like, this is going to be really funny to watch. Yes. But I'm oh, I staying want, yes. out of okay. all of this back and forth. Yes. Um, so Alejandro, talk to me about what this last thing. Are we keeping our tinfoils out on? Uh, tin foil not, hats a, on? not anymore because this one has been kind of confirmed by many. Um, it's Dead Space coming back. Yes. Some sources say EA developer EA Motive, the guys that made the campaign for Battlefront 2 and has assisted with other stuff at EA, may be hard at work on a new entry in the series that will reimagine this uh, Death Space for a new uh, generation. EA confirmed that they would announce a reimagining of a franchise on their July 22nd EA Play event. Oh. EA Play. EA Play is basically their E3 conference. This yeah. year, they're making it very late. They usually make them in June. They they punted it all the way till late usually July. It's in E3, isn't it? Sometimes even before E3 started, hmm. like EA Play 2019, where they revealed the gameplay for Jedi Fallen Order that looked kind of rough. I don't know if you remember, was before E3 started. So it's um it's interesting that they pushed it way back. So uh, and in that in that event, they announced that they were gonna reveal more details about Battlefield 2042 to give uh, to say what more it will have because it's not it doesn't have a single player campaign and it doesn't have a battle royale, but it also will have other things that will justify the prize. They said, but they also said that they were gonna announce a reimagining of a classic franchise from there, and the only ones left was Dead Space, which has been confirmed by a couple insiders. What people don't have clear is if this is just going to be a reimagining, like a new game, or if this is going to be a remaster a la Mass Effect Legendary Edition that came out this May to critical yeah. acclaim, including mine. Love what they did with the first Mass Effect there. If this happens, it's going to be very bittersweet because the studio responsible for Dead Space, Visceral Studios, formerly known as EA Redwood Shores, the guys that made the Godfather games in PS2 back in the day, and also a couple of Bond games. Mm. The studio's dead. Literal. Pun intended. Following the studio's closure back in 2017 when their Star Wars game directed by Uncharted creator Amy Hennig and was codenamed Ragtag failed to come together. 
it every every word in that last like three sentences hurt my soul honestly um uh i this is like even if it works out it feels like a puppet situation because no matter what it is it's not run by visceral um mm-hmm. the people that actually had the passion for it the people that came up with that amazing sound design for that game the reason why mm-hmm. that series even took off um was because of the passion and ingenuity of visceral so the fact that ea wants to bring it back it's like yeah great but why didn't you do this earlier when the studio why, was still there uh, ea the the company that creates amazing things but also has terrible decision making on who should lead what thing where they were putting uh what was it like they put a developing team that was made for multiplayer and made them make a single player game and then they made a single player group make a multiplayer game and neither of them worked out at all and then they canned all of it and just killed all of the people um their their jobs rather technically it's it's asinine um to watch come back now and here's what's interesting uh last year i don't remember i think it was at the game awards Mm -hmm. the founder of visceral studios uh glenn schofield i think is his name uh who then left visceral to create sledgehammer games the guys that did a couple of the call of duties yeah he is he has a new studio at 2k and i think there were the game was called the calypso protocol that it's basically the spiritual successor to yeah, Dead Space. Dead Space. I, I thought I heard something about that. Yes. Yeah, so, did they have like a trailer for that? Yes. Is, yes. Look okay. it up. Let me let's look it up real quick. Look it up. I think it's called the Calypso. Yeah. Calypso. Make sure. Yeah. It's a cinematic trailer. Yeah, but it's uh-huh. like. Yeah, the Calypso, Calypso Protocol. It's an upcoming third-person survival horror game scheduled for release in 2022. It's being developed by Striking Distance Studios, founded by Glenn Schofield, who had previously co-created the Dead Space series. And if you looked at the trailer for the Calypso Protocol, there's so much Dead Space in it, like visually. I can see it, yeah. Um, that, uh, I can't share it right now, but... Yeah. Um, from the health bar on the back of the guy's neck, mm-hmm. uh, the very dark vibe of the like claustrophobic tunnels of a space station, <clears throat> these crazy malfunctioning robots, the mm-hmm. disturbing mutated creature that confronts the character and does some very horrifying stuff to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that's that's very dead space. Exactly. So. I have, I want to, it's like, I don't want to give full credit to EA, even though they kind of deserve a little credit because they have done enough to finally dug themselves out of a hole that they've been for a while and finally tried some stuff again. Mm-hmm. Like, they killed Mass Effect with Andromeda. That put Mass Effect out for a while, and then they were willing to finally bring it back with the Legendary Edition and give Bioware enough time to get that thing right. They did it right. Uh, there's this game that released from the guy that made Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, and I remember that. A Way, a way Out. It's called It Takes Two. That to so many that, people, I played that. it's I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to some people, that's many people's game of the year this year. It was like um, it, that, that, that it was excellent, like an excellent co op game. 
and uh, they did this uh, Fortnite style ball knockout city. Knockout city. Oh yeah, the, 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 that the was them? Yeah, that was that was EA also. Yeah, knockout city. They put that That's game right. out there, and if yeah. you have a Xbox Game Pass uh, Ultimate, that also includes EA Play with it. You can play it there, like. They've been doing a lot of good stuff that you don't usually associate with them, especially after last year they had nothing. Their sports games were the worst they'd ever been because COVID screwed their development. They only had uh, Star Wars Squadron, which was decent. It was decent. I'll give them credit for that, but yeah. um, it also lacked a lot of punch. Exactly, yeah. It, yeah it, it wasn't the Rogue Squadron return that I wanted from it, yeah. but at least they attempted to do something, and it was $40, so they didn't charge a they didn't charge too much for it yeah. also so ea has like at least compared to activision that is killing so many studios in the altar of call of duty uh ea has been like slowly getting their crap together i mean if they're willing to bring back that space after they killed that space in 2013 because it didn't sell like 5 million copies even though horror games are not usually known to be huge sellers it's like I'm glad to see that some sense it's starting to get into that company again, considering that the name of EA is still so hated by everyone. Like our friend PJ just say, just mention the the name EA and you and he considers it the equivalent of AIDS. That's why, like some people just hate EA with a passion that way, even though to me, Activision is the AIDS of Activision uh, Blizzard specifically. Yeah, yeah, Activision Blizzard is the eighth of the video game industry. Like, they're such a cancer with um, with how they treat their um, their developers and the yeah. interpersonal. We're not just of... saying we don't like their games. They actually have been documented to do very scummy things. Yeah, scummy things, especially the when it comes to trying to make as much money as possible. It's like they're oh, shameless yeah. about it. So EA deserves a little bit of credit at the same time. They should have done this way earlier when they still had the studio when they didn't had they hadn't mismanaged uh, Star Wars the way they did. Like as much as I love uh, uh, Fallen Order because of how well that turned out, from the stable of Star Wars that they had, Ragtag for by Amy Hennig, the un- this Uncharted like Star Wars game was like what I wanted, and. And that's the one that it's never gonna happen, and that sucks. It 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 really really sucks that they had every little piece. They had every piece that they could use to make the greatest thing ever, being a AAA studio with like boatloads of money and the license to Star Wars. The stuff they could have done. The director Um, of Uncharted, that left us on Uncharted three. The who, the woman that created Uncharted. Like, the only, mm, they had everything not yeah. just for this one ragtag game but like everything 1313 wait that no, wasn't that was them. Them. that wasn't them yeah. that, that was okay them, hang yeah. on i'll give that sorry um the the bioware one um that they were gonna make this one and there was like a third one at least uh bioware didn't but bioware only has the old republic they still work on that but Wait, uh, what was that one that they released the trailer for that was going to be also in the old republic it was a cinematic trailer, and then they canceled it. I don't think that was them. I don't remember any wait, of that. Wait, yeah, wait, look at it. Look at it. Yeah, look it up. Um, and I'm gonna see if you can share. 
I hate Yahoo. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> That's um, it like defaults every time, even though Google is my default one. Um, it, it does it every time. All right. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, Bioware has not like, and still to this day, like they only work with, um, whatchamacallit, uh, they only have been work. Yeah. Yeah. They've only had been working for the old Republic. That's the only Star Wars thing Bioware has done. And that's Bioware Austin. Project Orca. Orca, EA yeah. Vancouver. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, of. EA Vancouver. They, yeah, the Orca was supposedly what um what the uh, Ragtag game became. It was like they were like they killed the project, closed the studio, but yeah. they shipped all the art assets over to EA Vancouver to do Orca, which was supposed to be an open world Star Wars game. Okay, but, so I, I have actually a listing of all that, but what were you going to say? Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, Orca got canceled also because it was like EA tried and they, for the love of them, can't, couldn't get an open world Star Wars game out the door. Like, they just couldn't. Close my mind. Which is the one that Ubisoft is going to do now, now that the, the license right. is like free for all to everyone. And obviously that Ubisoft Star Wars game is not going to be here for a while because we have to wait for them to finish the Avatar game. That we got a, we right. got uh, re-unveiled at the at the Ubisoft's horrible E3 conference. So with just the cinematic. Yeah, with just the cinematic. Even though they have they've released screenshots since that look gameplay like and it's in first person, which is weird because it's in first person and you play as the blue people. Uh, you would think that the blue people you would want to see them, but it's neither here or there. It's just, it's it's so funny that um. Just thinking about it, you know, we went back to the Star Wars thing that now they're doing better with Star Wars, but just remembering that dark period where they squandered so much goodwill with Star Wars uh, early in the license when it was just them. And the only thing that they got out were Battlefront games and one that was decent but had very little content that you had to fill up with a season pass. And then obviously Battlefront 2 that as much as that game fixed itself near the end, that playing it right now, it's like super solid. Mm-hmm. Like it had the stench of the loot box fiasco from 2017. And that fiasco happened after they closed Visceral. That's what's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, EA did so many bad things this generation, but current EA right now, at the very least, they're like turning things around. And obviously we know that uh, a sequel to Fallen Order is also in development still. Like that's, even though the license is like wide open now, it's still... Um, it's a, it's it's still a possibility. It's the best game EA has released in years, other than Apex Legends. So, yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> um, a... So just to to give you an idea, so there was one extra that I couldn't remember. So there was Yuma, which was also a visceral process, um, but it was killed when Battlefield Hardline yeah failing. Um, I forgot about that one. That and was a pirate was... game. That was a pirate yeah. game. Yeah. Um, and then into Project Ragtag. Mm-hmm. And then they had Project Orca, which was EA Vancouver. And then there was another one called Project Viking, which was a yeah. Battlefront spinoff. Yes, and that one got killed also. Yeah, so that's four that uh, were completely destroyed while EA was running the IP. They, they golly, killing four projects and getting... Technically, well, now I guess I could say you got there four even. out there, yeah. but one like, okay, one that had to re, one that had to yeah. 
get to a good spot. One, one that was, was a reimagining good. of what already existed in a sequel to it. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even want to count both those individually. Battlefront, yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, but then I'll give them credit for Jedi Fallen Order and Squadrons, at least like a half credit for Squadrons because it mm-hmm. was complete. It just wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give them what they uh, deserve for actually making a decent uh, close game out of it. But yeah, so uh, EA, get your crap together, please. Yes. Don't, don't hurt you're slow. Yeah, you're slowly getting your crap together, EA. I'm glad about yeah. that. Uh, I still, I mark my words. The launch of Battlefield 2042, it's not going to go well. Well, I'm, I'm calling it now. I don't like, think it ever has. Even Battlefield 4, which is considered... No, no, that's the, the worst best. one. That's the worst one. No, it was, 4 was horrible yeah. at the start. Yes. Um, so I... But 1 I and 5 didn't launch and Hardline didn't launch technically busted. 5 just launched incomplete. Yeah. Like, it launched with so much missing, great. but Battlefield 1 launched well, so it's like they haven't had a good Battlefield release since Battlefield 1 in 2016. Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, especially because now they're making it just a multiplayer-only thing. No sign of a beta. What the heck? Like, yeah. that's... Uh, they need one ASAP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. they, they really do, uh, considering what is uh, what has happened to them in the past. Where mm-hmm. they really overextend themselves, and there's a lot of mechanical problems that need to be fixed, especially with their 128 player matches. That, that needs to by be tested. Itself yeah, needs to be fixed, especially right. because you're not launching as free like Warzone. I think it's 150 people, or what's the big count there? I don't Warzone, remember. yeah, was 150 people, but it was also free. Yeah, so um, if it launched busted or anything, it had like. The, the, there was no price of entry. You You're paying... still had whatever else was attached to it, which was Modern Warfare 2019. Yeah, but you didn't even need Modern Warfare 2019 to even play it. You could download yeah. it by itself. So, so that's the thing. Like Warzone could get away. Like since they're are gonna ask a hefty seventy dollar price tag for the high end version of that game, they need to like put a beta out soon. Hopefully, at EA Play, they announce both this Dead Space reimagining mm-hmm. and. Also beta time. If it's not gonna be if, if it's not gonna have a beta, of all the shooters that are gonna release this year, obviously the Halo Infinite that's gonna have a free to play stuff to it, the uh, the whatever Call of Duty does, which they always release no matter Hopefully what. Yes. And Battlefield, I feel Battlefield is the one that has more to prove. Especially because it's gonna be the yeah. steepest expanded the this the what the, the one whose price is going to be more steep and more is going to raise more eyebrows considering it's just going to be a focus thing so oh well we'll see and paul that ends our quite hefty episode of the xbox on this time yeah and uh of course it, I, let's i don't think th- things are going to be this news packed again as, as we move to july and also yesterday said uh, like to give a heads up the next episode that we're gonna record it's not gonna have any news as far as i know it's gonna be our special episode that we discussed we uh, just to give a little preview we're gonna talk about like the favorite our favorite game game that we think of when of any, every console that we have owned yeah what will those be and what consoles are those will and be that is gonna be a very nice conversation because i think uh there, I guarantee there's going to be very different takes. Oh yes, on, and I uh, can't. 
Yeah, and I can't wait. And hopefully if the news become too sparse from here on out, because that's how you lie is, unless Sony decides to drop their big event, which yeah, that's true. Know, who knows at this point? And whatever happens at EA stuff, like I'm it's it's gonna look like a very quiet summer, relatively speaking, other than the Zelda thing in between in July. But we do have so, some things in the pipeline, don't we, Alejandro? Yes. So thankfully we're we we're we're not gonna stop this time like we did last year. So Paul, where can people find you? As usual, they can find me at Dork of Arts, um, all one word, capital D, capital A, over at Twitter. Um, they can find me on Twitch at AngelSword21, and oh yeah, and at YouTube as well, also at Dork of Art, but spread out where there would be spaces. Alejandro, what about you? Uh, they can find me at A underscore DuroSegobi on Twitter, uh, the Slayer Giant on Twitch. And my website, The Critical Corner, um, which is going to have a review sometime soon there. So, Paul, it's been a pleasure to see your face again. Uh, we will reconvene at that earlier time that we had told you to yes, make indeed. up for 4th of July. And remember, everyone, press X to play. To play. Have a good one. See you guys.